Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 476. I'm your host, Chris Jones. We're going to talk to you about some football tonight, CFL football. We've got lots to talk about. There's a lot of things happening. Uh, we're free agency is pretty much over. If you haven't been signed yet, you're a loser. Um, yeah, something like that. I don't know what's going on. There's actually some pretty good guys out there, and some of them are still holding out for the NFL, and uh, good luck with that, eh? If you, the NFL haven't got you yet, you ain't going. If you're going, you're, you're training camp fodder. Ah, but you make the big bucks for a couple of days. Not going to happen. Okay, so what's going on? What's new in the world today? Oh, we had a trucker convoy protest in Ottawa. National emergency got called out for a bunch of people doing municipal bylaw infractions like parking violations, noise violations, and uh, creating a public nuisance with a bouncy castle. Anyhow, that's all over with because, hey, what happened? Russia invaded Ukraine. No, they didn't. What a joke. I cannot believe the media is actually pulling that bullshit and trying to tell us that Russia is attacking the Ukraine. It's not happening like that, people. Many people aren't doing it. Everybody thinks it's the same thing. It's not happening, okay? So, anyhow, if anybody wants to discuss this with me, you know how to find me. I'm on Facebook. Just uh, send me a message, and we can chat back and forth intelligently about this crisis that's in the Ukraine right now. And it's more about the Ukrainian president being a fucking psychopath than it is anything else. And there, I said it. Okay, the man, he knows what the fuck he's doing. And uh, he's not doing anything wrong right now. I'm kind of happy about what he's doing. And hopefully it all comes public and Joe Biden ends up in jail. Uh, I would rather have Trudeau in jail, but Biden's going to end up in jail. So uh, at least his son is. Anyhow, so uh, let's open up the mics here and uh, let's talk to our panel, guys. I know Chris didn't show up tonight. That's kind of sad. Uh, Or not yet, anyhow. Oh, my God. Who have we got here? Charles, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you doing? I'm good. What are you – are you okay? You sure? I'm good. Yeah, no, I'm here. Okay. 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 Anything new? Anything wonderful happening with you? Uh, nothing in particular, no. Okay. There you be. Rudy, over in Manitoba. Good evening, folks. Hey, it's March now, and you know what that means. We're another week, and we're another uh, month closer to the football no. season. Well, we're actually two weeks away from daylight saving time and two weeks away from Christopher's birthday, so everything's a wonderful thing. March is a great month. It's also the end of winter. Oh, it's going to start warming up here. I can't wait. We're we're up and down above freezing, freezing at night and falling during the day, and everything's icy everywhere. It's terrible. I hate it. Yeah, it was about minus 15 here all day, and now we're back down to minus 28 right now. <laughs> oh, fuck off. That's cool. William, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, 
I, I didn't expect you to say what you said, but I'll have to I'll have to I'm, text you I'm, tomorrow. I'm sorry, what was that? I didn't I didn't I didn't realize you were gonna say what you said. I'll have to text you tomorrow so we can have a discussion on this. Um Good. I, I love these it's, it's like it's like tinfoil hat as far as I'm concerned. So, anyways, um, but let's talk about something else real quick. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're watching the yeah. news media. Who actually follows the news anymore? Do I don't. I don't watch. I don't watch. I don't watch the news, Christopher. I don't watch the news. Okay. Yeah. At all. Okay. Um, but but <laughs> talking about in Alberta, we are now passport free and mask free. Okay, which is kind of cool. Um, Way better than BC. I guess I shouldn't have gotten jabbed because I didn't have to, as it turns out, right now, anyways. Um, but you know, and I was, I, I'm, I'm pretty much, I'll go whatever way people want me to go. But then I see on Saturday morning a bunch of people on Twitter in Manitoba looking to find out, find a list of restaurants who are still going to honor the passports and the maps. I mean, come on, guys. Really? <laughs> Move on. Are Move you shitting me? I, no, yeah, I didn't. I'm not shitting That's you. That's embarrassing. <laughs> I'm not shitting you. Okay? I'm not shitting you. you. So like, you, holy crap. Yeah. People are looking for uh, restaurants who are going to restrict their customers that are, are, are going to lose money because you're, you're afraid of stupidity. Wow. Okay. Sorry. I can't, I can't believe that. Well, it's even, even out here, though, like I live out just outside of Brandon. The junior hockey team, they just waved the passports today, and they're more than happy about it. They got a full barn there tonight. And then they had a vote with the Jets season ticket holders in Winnipeg, and they want to keep the passports and masks. And then there's uh, people in Winnipeg saying, oh, I hope they keep it for the Bombers this summer. Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, I have no, I have no problem with it. People can do whatever they want to do. I don't care, but, like... Why drag everybody? I just it, it is what it is. Whatever. I'm not even this. Let's talk about football. Fuck. No, I, no. I got I got one thing here for you. I was in Save on Foods the other day. Okay, that's like a grocery store here. Whether uh, or not you guys have that, Jimmy Patterson owned. Anyhow, let's go Save on Foods. And I I go into the store like I normally do. I don't wear my mask. I just don't. I just walk into the store. Everybody's got their little mask on. Everybody's all happy, right? And I I stay away from people. I'm respectful of their distance and say, you know what? I you know whatever. I'm not going to get in your space. So I do my little shopping, and I go and stand in line. And everybody's got the little dot that they have to stand on, like good little pigeons, right? And I'm standing there, and some woman like two cash registers over, like nowhere near me yells at me about not wearing my mask, right? And I looked at her and I said, if you don't like the fact I'm not wearing my mask, stay away from me. But since you're not affected by that, you're only just pissed off because I won't conform. And everybody in the whole store started to applaud. It was like, whoa, I just became a national hero. Anyhow, uh, yeah, it's just like fuck off already. 
I'm a national hero in Merrick, BC. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Wait, you know, if you took your shopping cart, if you took your shopping cart and you took five shovelfuls of sand and stuck it in your shopping cart and, and, and moved it around the store, how much sand would you have in the buggy by the time you got to the cash register? Huh? Yeah. None. I just right? want to know if they were applauding you or if they were applauding at the cash register. No, 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 it wasn't the cashier that did this. It was some old woman that was in the lineup. Oh, I see. <laughs> no, no, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't say anything until I shot her down, and then they got. <laughs> anyhow, beside the point. Beside the point. Um. Anyhow, the whole concept of the mask in the shopping cart is the same an analogy, right? Follow the science. Masks don't work. Okay. We're on to some Anyways. football because I'm tired of this. Yep. I agree. Glenn Suter. Glenn Suter. We all well, know who Glenn Suter is. The number one fan from, from Regina, right? He's the, that non-biased uh, reporter guy, media personality on TSN. Uh, Glenn Suter wants the CFL next CBA to be seven to ten years long. Raise the minimum salary. Is that at all plausible? hundred uh, percent. I fucking love this idea. I love this idea. We should have CBAs. I mean, I'll t- guarantee you that the owners want the CBA to be ten years long, and I'll guarantee you the players don't. So that would be a, a, a tripping point for this. So I, I don't know how long it's going to be. It should be long. There's no point in us redoing it every year, every two or three years. Or it, it's been three years, I think. Or is it two? No, it's only been two years. Anyhow, um, nothing changes. The players aren't going to get this wonderful leverage power over the owners. So just accept that fact. Let's get a CBA happen. Let's play some football. Let's go to football. Is it May yet? I want to watch, I want to see some football. I, I'm good with that. Raise the minimum salary. I, I'm okay raising the minimum salary. But in reality, how many 23-year-old people out there do you know that make $55,000 a year? How much do you get? Okay, who's the youngest one? Rudy. Rudy, you're Yo. 24 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Are you fortunate enough to be making $55,000 a year? Uh, I was making a hair under that two, a year and a half ago. Basically that, yeah, right. but not but, not right now, no. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much, you know, if you're making $55,000 a year at 24 years old, you're kind of fortunate. Yeah, no, it's definitely rare at a younger age unless you're, like, working at a mine or whatever, something like that, rigs, whatever. Yeah, 100% agree with you. I mean, and, and these guys, you know, they... Most most people at that age are, are living in their mother's basement. So, I mean, this is good money. I I don't argue raising the players' minimum salary, but reality is, first year players, come on. Okay. Yeah, um, what's your thoughts on that, Rudy? Do you think we should raise the minimum salary? What about I a year, seven to ten year CBA? Is that going to fly? Uh, I don't know. I don't see the owners wanting to do it, but I mean, 
the way I look at it, like, NFL players are obviously overpaid, but EFL players could be paid a little bit more. Like, I know they're doing it because they love the game and they want to do it, but you're talking about a job where you can go to work one day, get hit the wrong way, and your head's not going to be proper for the rest of your life. That's the way I look at it. Like, hey, that could happen at my job. True, but is it more likely to happen playing football? I don't know. Have you ever worked on an oil rig? No. Have you ever been to a logging camp? I've seen a logging camp, but I haven't been to one. These things are all just as dangerous, if not more so. At least, I mean, in a logging camp, I, falling is probably the most dangerous job there is. People lose yeah. their lives. I am my oil rig in 1980 died in the rig. So, you know, you're right, but I, I, I don't think it's the most dangerous job out there. No, there's definitely jobs that are more dangerous. So, But you, you also got to look at what are they bringing in for revenue, up. too. It's a a really debatable topic, right? I mean, these guys are just playing football. I mean, hell, I wish I could play football. I'd do it for free right now. I'm just too old. William, William, come to the table and talk to me about this. Is Glenn correct? Well, they used to have, they used to have, if I remember correctly, and it was part of the article, they've had them for five years, four years, five years. Okay. I, I kind of think mm-hmm. five years is, is fine. If you could get five to seven years, I guess it would be okay. Um, I, I still don't think the CBA means that much. And as far as raising salaries go, I mean, Suter's talking about ninety to a hundred thousand dollars a player. CFL can't do that. That's, that's it's ridiculous. It's not financially. It's not financially feasible. Um, you know, and you say fifty-five thousand dollars is not bad. Is pretty good money for that age. Well, you know what? In reality, it's not for a year. It's for six months. Okay. True. And you True. Can, you can go up. You could go out and get another job in the off season and, and make a hundred grand a year at that age. Which is pretty good money. Okay? So I I don't yeah. feel bad for guys playing football because I've done a lot of shitty things for less money than that, okay? And as far as yeah. as far as the danger goes as far as the danger goes, it's a choice. You choose to do that. Pretty simple. There are consequences with that. It's that simple. There's consequences to our choices, no matter what they are. Uh, life is all about choices, and most people will figure that out eventually. It took me a long time, but I've figured that out by now. So. Yeah. Charles, my friend, how are you doing? I'm good. Minimum minimum wage, hundred grand, the CFL. No, it's too it's How too high. How is that plausible? It's too high. The, the CFL can't can't um, 
The CFL can't afford that. Not at this point. Uh, I don't mind the longer CBA. I think that was getting better, but you know, not since, not lately. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't mind the longer CBA. I think that makes sense, but uh, I'm not sure that both sides would really go for it. I'm sure the owners would, but the players seem to not want to go longer for whatever reason. I guess they think, oh well, finances will get better though we can negotiate for more money or something like that, but. If, if, if I was one of the, the owners, okay, hypothetically speaking here, and the C, we just got this CBA locked up for 10 years, the first thing I'm going to do is go hauling ass over to TSN and trying to raise my contract so I make more money in the 10 years between now and then, right? So, and, 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 and I know that that's really a... a, a very short way of saying it. It's not, but you understand what I'm talking about, right? Well, you would have leverage want that to be as short as possible, so that if they get these things, then then they get a chunk of it. They want a chunk of yeah. that, right? So you can't. But you would have some le- if the league would have some leverage that. at that point because if they got a ten-year deal, they can say, "Hey, we've got the next ten years." and no chance of any work stoppage. So we're going to guarantee you programming for 10 years. So let's raise it up. A hundred percent. And I would do that. So, yeah, I, I, I think the owners want – I mean, it's so different than a player's contract. In my opinion, every team wants their players on a five-year contract. Every team, right, because they want to know what their costs are for the next five years. This is what it's going to cost me. I've got hot number one projects. Can you imagine having these guys locked up for the next five years? I was amazed that Bo Levi Mitchell and, and Mike Riley signed four-year deals way back when. I mean, they were, they were stupidly large contracts. But I was amazed that they actually went to a four-year contract there because it just didn't happen anywhere in the league. Which was good for the league. So it was great for the league. And – I think the same thing with the CBA. The players don't want it. The players want a one-year CBA because they because situation changes. They want a chunk of whatever the owners are going to get next year, and they want it right away. They don't want to wait. And that, the same thing with the players when in their contracts because they want as much as they can this year because next year they can go free agency and get more somewhere else. So, you know, you got the players want the short end, and they're – the owners want the long end. They need to settle somewhere in between. I think a four or five year CBA is kind of a good idea. Seven to ten would be wonderful. I just don't see it happening. Sorry, Glenn. Yeah, I didn't realize. I don't, I don't, I don't think the players would allow that. The players wouldn't allow that either because no, they wouldn't. They don't want to be. They don't want to be tied up for seven years. Okay, come on, think about that. You know, so, and and especially, I don't know what the average career is in the CFL, but a lot of guys don't make it seven years or five years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah. So. 80% of them don't make it three years. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize the right. minimum now is 65K. That's actually not too bad at all for your rookie contract. But if they wanted to raise salaries or have a longer CBA – and you guys, I think, have talked about this before. They need to become 
not a gate-driven league, which is just it's not going to happen anytime soon. No, it's not. The CFL knows exactly how, and, and Rudy, you're 100% correct, and I'm just going to expand on what you said a little bit. CFL knows exactly how much money they're getting from TSN this year, next year, and the year after. The CFL does not know what their gate receipts are going to be in a month from now. No. Well, how can, well how month from now, there'll be zero because there'll be no football so going on. The gate. Yeah. Oh, if they locked the season out or if they missed half a season, I'd be choked because I wouldn't even want to go to Toronto then because the MLB's already locked out and I'm supposed to go to that baseball game and the football game. <laughs> huh. Well, I, I don't think that we're going to have a player There's stop, no uh, chance. A work stoppage no. this year. There's not a no, chance. No, I think no, not a chance. They need to get a full 18-game season in on both sides. Yeah, they lost one season and had only a partial season after that. They can't afford to just go throw another season down the toilet because of this. Yeah. That's just screwing them. No, it's ridiculous. They won't do that over five, ten. Do we we have any idea what the the issues are in the CBA? Have we ever heard anything other than the Players Association has filed a notice to begin bargaining? I haven't heard yeah, anything. They haven't started yet. They haven't started yet, so I'm sure we'll hear something when they start. So yeah, I it, they they personally, I think they're fool. The players would be foolish right now if they threatened a work stoppage or tried to push for one or whatever else. It's it's just it's, it's dumb. I don't know well, how to, to describe it. They're trying to recover. They're trying to recover. They're trying to recover from not making money in 2020 or 2019 or whatever. So it was. are the owners? Right, right. So they're all yeah. in the that, same. That costs the, the owners boat. money. Yeah. Well, in Saskatchewan and Edmonton, I know for a fact, both lost money last year too. Winnipeg actually made extra money last year, but they lost money in 2020. So. The problem is a lot of times it's not it's not the actual um the players, it's their union heads and their union heads the thing is the heads of the union, they get paid regardless. So they're not ones missing paychecks. It's the rank and file members that are the ones that start losing out checks, but a lot of times it's the union heads and so on that are the ones that are making uh, calling the shots. So that's where it comes into a bit of a um a bit of a sticky situation with those guys. Because what do they care? Well, I mean, when you get into the CBA negotiations, and we've talked about this over the last two different negotiations going back four, five, six years now, um, the majority of players in the CFL are veterans. Okay? So the majority of the players don't give a shit what the minimum salary is for first-year players because they've already experienced it. They've already gone past it. So when they're voting to negotiate for something, they're, they're, this is really low on their priority list, and that's always been the case. 
And it, it's only when you get some of the veterans that try to stick up for the junior guys when, when it starts to work in that direction, right? So, I mean, it's always been if there's a 10% increase, uh, would you rather have 10% of 700000 or would you rather have 10% of 50000 So let's raise the salaries all by 10%, right? The veterans are always going to win. It's always going to happen that way. Mm -hmm. There's just not enough junior people to vote to make a difference. Nope. (sighs) Okay. I think we've beat this up enough. I think we have. We're moving on. I just can't believe that we're having another CBA negotiation system. It just seems like we it was last. We just year had one like two years, years ago or something. Yeah, we did. Well, well, I think it was and three years ago, and that we we missed a year, and then there was a bad year, and now we're here. <sighs> Anyhow, we're going to move on just because uh, you can beat this. We, there's nothing really to talk about because there's no discussions. We don't know what the hell's going on. All we know is there's a CBA coming up before the beginning of this season. I think it expires May first. The Ottawa Red Blacks are looking for Jeremiah Mazzoli to pull them off of the off a his own miracle on Bank Street in the nation's capital. Can he bring the Red Blacks to prominence? <laughs> Nobody actually fucking believes he can do that, do they? Well, I was going to say if he did that, it would be considered a miracle. Yes, it would be. It would be a miracle. It would be a miracle. Hallelujah. I, I I feel sorry for Red Black fans because you know they kind of had a respectable team and then Desjardins blew it up and nobody wants to go there. How do you, everybody in the league has a quarterback except for Ottawa? You think that's an important position to have a good quarterback? William. Well, Jeremiah Mazzoli, he's one of your favorite players, isn't he? Yes, yes, he is because he reminds me of Troy Palomalo. But, uh, yeah. Um, okay, so let's be honest here. Okay, at times. Jeremiah Mazzoli will be a better quarterback than what Ottawa had last year. Okay. Dominic Davis. Right. So, or Matt Nichols or so, whoever. So they have upgraded that position, okay, because Jeremiah Mazzoli has been a starter in the CFL for the past, what, three years, four years, whatever it is. Two or three years, I can't remember. Yeah. So they did upgrade the position. They did upgrade the position. And Ottawa has upgraded a lot of positions on that team from last year. I mean, you couldn't get any worse than last year, okay? So, and with the right coaching, and I think they do have a good coach, it will all be Jeremiah Mazzoli. Will it all be Jeremiah Mazzoli? No, 
but it's a team game, so they could be better. And at two and whatever they were, two and twelve, it's not going to take much to say your team improved. Okay, nope. all you got to do is beat two other Eastern teams twice, and you're better than you were last year. I, 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 I do believe Ottawa signed the most guys in free agency. And I still am convinced that Correct. you will not you will not build a winner by signing free agents. But will they be better? Probably. And no, I'm not saying Jeremiah Mazzoli. I mean, he's not as good as Marcus Crandall, but you know, he's borderline. <laughs> he's better than Matt Nichols. He's better than Matt Nichols. <laughs> That's not exactly a high bar to be uh, <laughs> jumping over. He's better than Matt Nichols. Guys, yeah, I'm grasping. I'm yeah, grasping at straws here. Okay. Me, yeah, me, yeah, I'm setting the bar really high here. You know who we haven't talked about in a long time is Drew Willie. I wonder if he's able to come back. There's a reason for that. Who cares? Oh, I don't want to see Drew Willie again. Oh, God. Okay, Charles, Jeremiah Mazzoli. Does he have what it takes to bring a franchise that's just beat up and battered up into respectability? Now, let's let's be realistic. He, he is at least a 500 quarterback. Yeah, you know who he's a good. Okay. Um, yeah, you know he's a good playing wise. Who he's a good um, comparison to is, I think Kevin Glenn. But Kevin Glenn wasn't the spectacular quarterback. He was a steady quarterback that can keep a team's head above water. And if you had a team on a really good uh, team with a really good defense, they could make some noise. But him by himself, just going on his own, uh, he's not the guy that's going to win you um, a Grey Cup or a championship on his own. He could win one if he would, like I said, if he's on a team with a really good defense, he can keep the offense steady. But he's not the guy that's going out to win you, that's going to win you every game and stuff like that. That's going to go out and put the team on his back, and um, win. He's just not hes not that type of quarterback. So uh, okay. can they so, win with Jeremiah Mazzoli? Yes, but they're not necessarily going to win because of Jeremiah Mazzoli. Okay, that's fair, that's fair. So if, if he can get the Ottawa Red Blacks to one game above 500, okay, they would have been in second place last year. Oh, yeah. In the East. But the whole thing is, is not every team can be above 500. Somebody okay. has to lose. Okay. Cool. Just so you guys know, Christopher just made a statement a little while ago about Drew Willie. 
So I Googled her Willie <laughs> and his Wikipedia page. The last, the last paragraph, the last paragraph in his professional career is this, and I didn't know this. Maybe I was asleep. Said in August 2019, the Blue Bombers reached out to Willie following an injury to starting quarterback Matt Nichols. However, Willie and the Bombers were unable to come to an agreement, and he remained a free agent. Uh, like, wow, that's scary. So they went after Drew Willie and ended up with Zach August, Caleros. August 2019. I don't think Caleros came around till what? Caleros came in. September, October of 2019. Yeah, he came in to beat Calgary. Right. He won four games before the playoffs. Or he won four games to the Great Cup, did I can't remember. Including the playoffs. He won yeah, one game at so. the end of the season and then three playoff games. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, his didn't last. Have to play, didn't have to play three playoff games, Christopher. Well, I guess with the Great Cup, it is three. Did right? they? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah cause they okay. beat Calgary, Saskatchewan, yeah. So, there you go. And I was looking so, to see if he's so, got a job yet, but I can't find it anywhere. So, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers were trying to hire Drew Willie, and he could, they couldn't come to an agreement, so they went and got Zach Caleros. I guess so. Wow. Talk about dodging a bullet. But if you will remember correctly, <laughs> Zach, if you remember correctly, Zach Caleros was just about to start the 2019 season with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, okay? So he wasn't available at that time. No, you said in August. You didn't say at the beginning. Yes. You said August of 2019. Right. Yeah. But that's when Matt Nichols got injured. Right. And and then they floundered around a bit with Strebler. Yeah, but August of 2019, he was still – Drew Willie was – or not Drew Willie – that Clarence was still injured. Okay. Right. Well, he was sort of, not really. He was with Toronto, and did they trade for him? Is that how Winnipeg got him? Yeah. Yes, Winnipeg traded. They traded basically nothing for him. He was supposed to. Kind so, so, was supposed to be a rental to Winnipeg, and then he was supposed to play the rest of the season. If even if he won a Grey Cup. He was supposed to go back and re-sign in Toronto in the off season. That's what, the only reason why Toronto traded him because he has a house in Toronto. And then he just realized that he wanted to stay in Winnipeg because, well, look at their O line. They won. That, that too. Yeah. And he actually liked playing there. Okay, Wait. here you go. Drew Willie is a business development executive at. Home, Wav slash slash former professional quarterback. Um, yeah, so there you go. He's a sales guy. Good for him. <laughs> he sold himself as a quarterback for years. So, ten year career according to this. Yeah. So, ten years. I didn't think really? it around that long. Yeah. Let's see. 
knows? Jeremiah Mazzoli was a starter in Hamilton for four and a half years. Another three years before that on the bench. You know who's going to have a big year for Ottawa this year? Jacob Ruby. The Richmond, B.C. native. And why do you say that? I just I think he's going to want to, I don't know, like the whole thing with him getting diced from the league for faking his vaccine. And when he played with Edmonton, he was a starter for a long time, and I thought he was always fairly consistent. I just think he's going to have something to prove this year. That's one thing I think Ottawa really improved on, like their, their game in the trenches. They brought in a lot of O-linemen, and that was their biggest problem last season was whether you like Matt Nichols or not, he's not great at all, but he hardly had any time to do anything last season, just like Mike Riley. Last season wasn't bad for Riley. It was a season before. Right. Yeah. Well, last season wasn't great, but, but I, yeah. Does anybody here believe that Jeremiah Mazzoli is going to do wonderful things in the in the Ottawa Valley? I'll, I think he'll make them somewhat better, but I don't think he's going to bring them a championship. Okay. Stranger things have happened. I mean, he probably That's is the comment. best quarterback since Harris and uh, Harris and Burris, but. I don't know. I don't see him bringing them a championship. But He's you never know. quarterback there since Harrison Pierce. <laughs> okay. We're just flying through this agenda tonight. Let's down to number three here. Edmonton Elks signed former NFL receiver Martavis Bryant. Martavis Bryant. Matavius Bryant, kind of like Mavis, only Matav- Marty before it. I don't know. Okay, I don't know who this guy is, so I have zero opinion. I'm gonna let Will start off being the NFL. Okay, for the first time this year, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't think that's the first time this year, by the way. You don't know anything about him or what? No, no, no. I do know lots of people. Hang on. It took me a while. No, no, but he's an NFL receiver. He's he's the former NFL receiver, and, of course, he thinks he's going to come in here and, and, and shock the world and rule the world, just like all the other ones who were former NFL receivers that didn't do shit. That's simple. I don't care what his name is. CFL football and NFL football are completely different games. Okay, it's like it's like trying to play football all over again. So, who knows? Who knows? I'm sure Charles knows more about him than I do. So, I know well, some of them. He actually had some. He did have quite a, a fair amount of success down in the U.S. playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
I uh, haven't played so much lately, so... Um, did he yeah, play for Pittsburgh? I, no. Yes, he did. Did he did. play for Pittsburgh? Get the yeah, I played for Pittsburgh, yep. He was like a top really? five NFL uh, draft pick, Will. Yes, he was. I don't I don't care. So was Ryan Leaf. Good point. I don't know who that is. Well, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's the point. Ryan Leaf with a number two pick. I remember there was a... There is, in that draft, there was a decision to be made whether the Indianapolis Colts were going to take Ryan Leaf or Peyton Manning, and they were back and forth <laughs> on it. They ended up going with Manning, thankfully for them. Ryan Leaf went to the San Diego Chargers and is best known for freaking out on a reporter in the locker room. The guy was a massive bust. But Martavius Bryant did have some success with the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, I don't know. He was a close to a thousand yard re- receiver a couple of times in the, the league, and that's significant, especially in the NFL. But it, what Will says is right. The NFL and the CFL are different games, and and he's also thirty that, years old. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. But of course, this is uh, classic Chris Jones just going out and getting a guy he knows from the NFL. That's what he does. Yeah. That's exactly what this is. But um, he is a good receiver. He is 30 years old. But there's been guys that have had success in the NFL before that came up here to the CFL and did nothing. So, I mean, it's a wait and see. And what is with the elk and all the old receivers? They're, they're, just, they're, they're building a retirement community in their receiving core. It's weird. It's kind of one of those possession, uh, positions I wouldn't want to have a bunch of seniors in. Hey, no, Chris, you want younger you know guys. I think Chris Jones thinks it's yeah. funny. <laughs> you think it's funny. <laughs> so he's just, this is an entire clown show because he doesn't care well, like about his said, offense at all. He's only cares about well, that, the defense. And, yeah, yeah, he's making a it. joke of it. <laughs> well, that, that actually has some merit. <laughs> Scary as it is. The thing with Martavis Bryant, it is a different game, and he could be brutal. He could play a game or two and be cut. He might not even show up to camp. The biggest thing with him, and I'll put it short what I think of him, I think this guy can be an elite receiver. It all just depends whether he can get his uh, passport papers figured out and if he can lay off a crack pipe for a year or so. Oh, was he a, a substance abuse problem down there? Is that kind of why he left the NFL? Oh, there's lots of reports on that, yep. Yeah, in 2018, was he was released by the Raiders. Uh he was possibly facing a possible year-long suspension by the NFL for violation of the league's drug policy during the offseason. They re-signed him to a one-year deal 10 days later. He played in eight games, 19 catches for 266 yards. Toronto signed him last year, but he did not show up to camp, so they suspended him. Apparently he was having so, passport issues. I wonder yeah, why. I, I, I'm looking at his picture. I think he's got lots of issues. Just, uh, <laughs> okay. 
I just, you know, whatever. I mean, I so don't this know is a, why. A, a meaningless headline? This is a what? Well, you know what? He was fourth round draft pick. Um, he's a big body for sure. So you never know. He's a project. Yeah. But I, I think a guy like that, because he was in the NFL for a while, I think he's got too much of an ego to play in the CFL. Because they all believe it's an inferior league. I don't even know why he needs to play in the CFL. He should have money coming out of his yang yang unless he threw it all out the window. Yeah, I'm yeah, thinking maybe he's coming in about that. He's trying to get himself back into the NFL. And he thinks the CFL will be a stepping stone. Uh, I think that ship sailed. That's just my opinion. Yeah, maybe, um, but I mean, I in, he won't actually, admit I that be delusional. I take I 100% just take back what I just said. They keep letting Antonio Brown back into the league, so anyone can play in that league if they're good enough. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, but Antonio Brown was awesome in his Pittsburgh years. Okay, so. And I still think Antonio Brown's a great receiver, and he'll sign in the NFL again, believe it or not. Well, he probably will. Just if he can catch the ball up. well, if he can catch a ball well, someone will hire him. Yes, they will. The and, he's still, and he's still fast, okay? So, I mean, they have they have whole segments of their organization that's dedicated to keeping the whack jobs under control, okay? <laughs> just because just because it helps them win games. So So if if you're a whack job and you don't make it in the NFL, it's because you're too much of a whack job? Is that kinda of like Duron Carter? No, you get to a certain point where they've just had enough of you, okay? And they he send you on down the road. Too. I mean, think about it. Think about it. Terrell Owens was a great wide receiver, eventually became a bigger whack job than the NFL. Chad Ochocinco was the same way. He was a great wide receiver, whack job, eventually he got kicked out of the NFL. It's what happens, okay? They couldn't I mean, make it up here Why did they end up in the CFL? Because, no, because it's a big name and people feel that they have to sign these big names in the CFL because they do not respect their league. Okay? And as much as I did hate it... Did Terrell Owens actually sign up here? Or did... it, it probably sells tickets. No, Ocho Cinco did. Ocho Cinco did. Ocho Cinco did. I know that. But yeah, Terrell no. Owens never did sign in the CFL. He was just talking about no, it back and forth a few no. times. And he did not sign. No. no. Okay. He did not. No. Well, what he spent, what he would have made in the CFL, he probably spends on sunglasses every month. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Damn that. Okay. Uh, segment four. Riders legend Jeff Fairholm blames one-year contracts for CFL's offensive woes. Does he make a solid point? Uh, I don't think so. Don't no. think the offense is really hurting by these one-year contracts. Personally, no, I don't. Um, 
I don't know. Go ahead, Joe. I, I, Make your point. I kind of do because you're bringing in, you're constantly bringing in new, uh, new personnel. You've got receivers there coming in. You've got offensive linemen that are coming in and out and so on. And you get into a rhythm, uh, and we always say that the first four weeks of the season are a lot of times like glorified preseason because you're getting your timing down. But then you go through, you get your timing down, but then you have these one-year contracts, people are shuffling in and out, and then you've got to learn it with all new personnel. Instead of guys that you could be playing with, you've got a rapport with, and then you kind of get to know each other. But when you're shuffling guys in and out, you're constantly re, re, um, re, um, arranging the offense and learning new things. And so I do, I do think it does. Okay. I, I, valid point. I'm not arguing with you. Zero argument here for me. But isn't that the same case for the uh, defensive linemen, the linebackers, and the DB core? I mean, the DB core have to be brothers back there knowing exactly where everybody's going to be so they can back each other up. The linebackers have to know each other going back. And same with the D linemen. So do, does the, the lack of continuity not hurt both sides of the football? Well, I'm sure it does, but I think uh, um, Jeff Fairholmes talking from the uh, from the perspective of an uh, as an offensive player. I think that's why. I mean, he didn't play on defense, but I does. think he was commenting so, as a. And sure, it can do that, but I mean, I almost think that timing uh, is more uh, timing and rhythm is almost a little more important on offense because you're throwing a ball back and forth. You're planning stuff out. As a defensive player, a lot of times you're playing reactionary football, so you're reacting to what's going on on the field. So you're trying to dictate on offense. On defense, you're being more reactionary, and reaction, not to say that timing isn't important, but you're still reacting to it as opposed to trying to dictate what's going on. So if you throw a ball and you're trying to hit a receiver, you want to have the timing down. A defensive back, yeah, they've got to be uh, in, you know, connection with one another, but you also have to react to what's going on. So there's kind of, you know, different um, oh. different ways of doing it there. So Yeah. I, 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 I'm not arguing with you. I don't disagree with your, your philosophy in here. I just think that one-year contracts hurt both sides of the football. I think one-year contracts hurt the league in overall, and I think it's really something that needs to go away. And I think everybody on this panel would, be, would concur with that. One-year contracts are bad for the league, bad for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for all of that, but I don't think we can point the offensive woes on this. And I'm, I'm honestly not seeing offensive woes. We're still seeing high-scoring football games. We're still seeing productivity out there. I don't think that the, we need to work on the offense being like that. I mean, if you wanted better – more offense than you would have more you would have less Canadians on the offense than you would on the defense. Everybody loads up their off defense with Americans. Does that have any bearing on it? Probably. Yeah, I suppose. 
okay? I mean, I remember when the safety position was the only Canadian on defense in, in the, on the BC Lions, and that was J.R. LaRose. Everybody else was American. Where, you know, you have four, four offensive linemen that are Canadian and a running back. So, I mean, if you really wanted a better offense, wouldn't you swap that around and go get some big, badass alignment? I, I don't know. I'm just, just thinking out loud. I mean, it's, I, I, I don't think the offensive woes can be blamed on one-year contracts. I don't – one-year contracts do not help the offense, and they do not help the defense. They do not help the game. But I don't know if we have offensive woes in the CFL at this point in time. William. William. Yes. You know what? I don't, I don't yeah. disagree with Charles. I don't disagree with Charles. I, I think on things like timing and stuff like that, yeah, you do have to get it back. But I think you have to get it back every year in training camp anyways after you've not seen these guys for six months. But if you will, a lot of – a lot of these one-year contract guys, like take Winnipeg, for example, they re-sign, they re-sign with Winnipeg every year, regardless of how long their contract is. Look at, uh, look at Adam Big Hill, okay? Last three years, he signed one-year contracts with Winnipeg. So, so that is an argument, but if you're signing with the same team, it's not an argument. I look at Calgary this year. They have more or less signed... I would say the majority of the team they had last year. So, you know, but as far as going to different teams every year, yeah, that can screw you up big time. I mean, once again, we talk about how good is Ottawa going to be this year. They've got a completely new team in Ottawa. So they're going to have to. They needed a good team. Well, I know that, but they're still, but they're still going to have to get to know each other. And and get things down to science, which is not an easy thing to do. I mean, once again, it's why football is the ultimate team sport. You need you need twelve working parts on every play. That, yeah, that but I also, with each yeah. other. But I also think if you're playing with guys you played with before, rather than new guys, I think yeah. your uh, timing to get your time to get your timing out and stuff like that will be lower because sure. you've already played yeah. with them and you know their tendencies. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I just, okay, I just think for, for the whole team atmosphere, though, and camaraderie and all that stuff, you know, they talk about what it's like being in Winnipeg's locker room now because they've been together for three years. Okay? It makes a difference. Point here. In, state, in making the state, statement that they, he blames one-year contracts, okay, that, that is only if those, one year, if those players with one-year contracts move teams. Right, that's true. That's kind of what Will's point was. You could have okay, an entire team fair. with one-year contracts, and they don't leave the team. Like Winnipeg has signed the majority of their team back. So you can't blame that on a, on a one-year contract. Okay, I think that that's a fair comment. Right? So I I don't think the one-year contract is what the problem is. 
I'm not totally sure that there is a problem. Somebody came up with there's a problem with um, the reason we don't have offensive – we have offensive woes. There was something that they were doing on defense that needed to change. And I don't remember what that was. Let me think about that for a bit. I'm getting old. Go ahead, William. Um, and, and once again, I, I haven't seen offensive woes in the CFL either. I mean, last, well, year, last yeah. year there was some. Last year there was some, but that was because these guys were rusty, okay, because they hadn't played in a whole year. So, go ahead. That's, that's a valid point. Hey, Winnipeg was top of the league last year with 361 points for, okay? Let's go back four years. Let's go back to 2017. Calgary Stampeders had 523. Winnipeg was 500. Oh, we're out by two games. Bad example. Four games. I'd have Four games, yeah, four games. Big big difference. I'd have to extrapolate this out. I'm not doing that. I'm too tired. 20, 2018, Calgary had that great offensive line, too. Mm-hmm. Calgary had a great offensive line for, like, the last decade. I forget, they used to call them the Great Wall of China or the Berlin Wall. I don't remember. TSN did a piece on them. I think it was Richards, Erdos, Williams, Bergman, and Dennis. I think we're going to have to go through uh, another season or two before we start saying that we have a problem, uh, an offensive problem in the CFL. Let's try to get back to some some normal normalcy in our lives after this episode that yeah. we had for the last two years. And I guess, and you know, I, I, it's not fair, fair to go by last year either. No, no every team no. needs more continuality. That's partly why the Bombers are so good and had that great head start. They had a good head start. But, but, with that being said, I don't know. Like Hamilton had a lot of returnees last year too, and they had a terrible start. Then they picked it up after five, six games, or whatever it was. I, I just think that one-year contracts suck. Okay, I mean it sucks for the fans. It sucks for the team. It, 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 it. There's no continuity. You can't cheer for your team because your team just left. Um, there's a lot of things that people don't like about one-year contracts. And I understand why players want them. I understand why teams don't want them. I also understand why players don't want to go longer term. I I think that that's going to be something that is going to come up in the CBA is to get rid of the one-year contract but have guaranteed second-year money. Yep. Okay. And I think that's that's one of the ways that the uh, PA is going to give up the one-year contract is that if the second year has some form of 
guaranteed money. Why sign a two-year deal if you get cut after one year? And one-year contracts are still fine, but only for like the prove me contracts. Like not every player on every team, except four or five guys having them. Well, I don't have a problem with a rookie contract being three years. I mean, they were bitching and whining at a rookie contract at two years. But I also think that you should be able to renegotiate it for those that, that warrant it. And uh, wasn't it Chris Williams? And, and uh, who's the other running back guy that we had a problem with in Toronto? James Wilder the third. James Wilder, Wilder. or something? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. What's that? Is that that was his name? Well, you're right. That was Dave Wilder Jr. Yeah. Yeah, Wilder. Yeah. Yeah. So those two guys who had amazing fucking rookie years and wanted out of their two-year contract so that they could go to the NFL, or they wanted massive increase in, in salary, which may or may not have been warranted, but because of the the, the conditions of the CBA, they could only change their rookie contract if they extend for another year. They didn't want to be stuck up here for three years when their window of opportunity to go to the NFL was now. Both of them went to the NFL and failed, but I understand their merit. Why would they pay play for $50,000 and uh, with the possibility of being permanently injured? And they were getting the opportunity to play for the millions when they actually could have signed for it. But they had to sign a two-year contract, rookie contract. So you can't go to the NFL until your rookie contract's up? Well, you're under contract. You're under contract. Yeah, if you're under contract, the, the team has to anywhere. allow you to go. Yeah, true. The, the, the team has to allow you out of the contract. Most teams don't let rookies out of contract. Yeah. And that's been frowned upon by the league, too, that for letting guys out of contract to go to the NFL. Well, I wouldn't be surprised well, if a guy like Sean Oakman's got two more years left in Toronto and then he's gone to the NFL. So, yeah. back to your answer. Charles, I think Jeff Fairholm's kind of off base here, personally. But that's only my opinion. Where does he do now? Is he involved in football at all? Does anybody know? I don't know. You haven't Googled him yet? (laughs) You went after Drew Willie for less. Jeff Fairholm was actually good at football. Okay. He was actually good at football. Yeah, he was. I figured out why he said that. He's bald now, okay? He doesn't like being bald. So he decided to take it out on the CFL. I just Googled him. Um, Yeah, he's another uh, regional sales manager, so 
know. Football players are a lot of awesome. football, you know, like going into sales. Yeah. <clears throat> because there's no real skill involved. And I don't mean that in a bad way because I was a really most of my life. And there is a lot of scale, sales and skill involved. But you, you can get a sales job any anywhere. I mean, Charles, you're, you're a salesman. Will's a salesman. I've been a salesman most of my life. But it's easy to get into the job. It's just hard to stick it out. Well, that's kind of fair. Right? It, 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 you can walk in just about anywhere and get a sales position, but five years from now, you, how many sales jobs have you gone through, right? If you stay with the same company for years on end, well, then, then, then you're good at your job. Salesmen, as a rule, are, are transients. They're always after the same <clears throat> I'll take that as a compliment. Jeff Fairholm lives in Calgary. It is a compliment. <laughs> Jeff Fairholm lives in Calgary. Oh. Well, there you go. You better watch your back. Well, well somebody's uh, going to try come and try and sell you something next. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. he's a skinny little bald guy. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> So, and and even in his heyday, come on, what was he in his heyday? Um, he had hair. Yeah, maybe what was he? What was he? I need to see his stats. How big was he? I know he wasn't he was a, a huge guy. No, he was a good receiver. He just wasn't very big. He was a good receiver. Yeah, he was a good receiver. Yeah. He's one of those guys who uh, he played college football at the University of Arizona. Uh, and, but he is a Canadian, so. Huh. He was born and, in and that's kind of rare for Canadians to be playing um, college football in the 80s in America. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Not so much now, but it was pretty rare yeah, back then. I was going to say a lot more rare than now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, where are we here? Okay, on to this new subject, and I love this one. I love this one because it, it, there's only one person that can write an article like this, and that's somebody from Eastern Canada. Okay? Could, could the East win more than the West in 2022 for only the second time this century? The answer to that question is really, really simple. No. You don't I don't know so? if I have to elaborate on that. No, I already call. I already said that there's going to be a crossover this year. Hmm. I, I, I truly, I truly believe there will be a crossover this year. Can the There's no way the East can win more than the West because the East plays the East more than anybody else. So for every win in the East, there has to be a loss in the East. Okay. 
very rare do Eastern teams come over to the West and beat them. Yes, Hamilton beat every team last year. And was it last year or the year before? Was it 2019? 2019, I think it was. And that is such a rarity. It, it, it just doesn't happen. There's just the, the West, for some stupid reason, is just far more competitive and quality football than the East is. If the East was to win more games than the West, then the East is beating up the East, which is, is highly possible with the stupid schedule that we have. But somebody has to lose. And is it going to always be one team like Ottawa lost too much last year? If Ottawa's closer to 500, then those were to be wins that were, would have been taken away from Montreal and Toronto. That's my philosophy on that. Rudy, what do you think? Um, I, uh, I don't know. I think, I think if you had a, a straight one to nine league, no east or west, just one to nine, everyone plays everyone twice. I think probably, I think three out of four, of the east teams would be right at the bottom of the league. Like the other one would be in the middle. I just, I don't know. I don't, all this, I don't know if it's because they're trying to blow up Mazzoli signing in Ottawa or what it is. I just, I don't see the East that much improved. Like, sure, on paper these teams look better, but are they better than the Western teams? I don't know. We'll find out, but I don't think so. On paper, the, some of the Eastern teams are better, but that doesn't necessarily translate to better play on the field. So maybe you can make claims like that on paper, but when you get uh, right down to it, uh, we got to see these teams play before we can be anointing them better than other teams. Who are the four starting quarterbacks in the Eastern Division? Well, let's McBath. see, Vernon Adams... Uh, yeah, McLeod, McBeth, or whatever, Evan. McLeod, Bethel, Thompson, Dean Evans, and Jeremiah Mazzoli. Yep. I rest my case. And, the, like we were talking about before, too, like the whole thing with Ottawa, uh, Toronto looked actually pretty good towards the end of last season. But, yeah, like some of these things take time. Uh, Hamilton, they didn't win the Grey Cup. They made some moves. They could be a better football team. They could be a worse football team. I think going into the next season, Toronto will be the team to beat in the East. Hmm. What Going into this season or yeah. going into the season after? Going into this season. So you're saying this season Toronto is the number one team in the East. Is that what you're saying? That's my personal opinion, yeah. We did the West the other day on our group chat. So throw out these four Eastern teams in the order that you believe they will finish. We're going to do this later, closer to the season, but just just for shits and giggles right now. Okay, yeah. Throw them so, out there. Tell me where they are. That's tough because I think a lot of them towards the bottom are interchangeable, but I'll go with I got Toronto, then mm, I got Toronto, Montreal, Hamilton, Ottawa. 
Okay. Charles, what's your take on this one? Hmm. I would go Hamilton, Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal. Or Montreal, Ottawa. I think Ottawa's better, but just not there yet. Ottawa has to be better than the other teams. Whether they're better or not is irrelevant. They have to be better than other teams, and I don't think they're better than other teams. That's why I put them in last. Yeah. William. Um, Halifax, Ottawa, um, Montreal, Montreal, uh, Hamilton, Toronto. You put Toronto in last place? Yes, sir. Okay. You I'm just, just listening like to you guys. Thompson, I can tell. No, no, I'm listening to you guys. You guys say McLeod Bethel Thomas sucks. So fuck. <laughs> so then, so then you get, you get. Uh, okay, so you get Toronto with McLeod Bethel Thomas. He apparently he sucks. Then Montreal. You guys don't like uh, their quarterback. What's his name? Come on, help me here. Trevor Harris and Adams Jr. No, no, no. I, I kind of like that? Trevor Harris. Ver, Vernon Adams. The other guy. Vernon Adams. Trevor Harris. Adams, okay, Vernon Adams. Okay. Dane Evans had a hard time beating out Jeremiah Mazzoli, so Dane Evans is the is next with uh, with uh, Hamilton and then, uh, then uh, Ottawa because they got Mazzoli. I don't think Hamilton's going to suck, but I think they're going to take a like a little step back, and then I think they're going to be better in the long run. Yeah, well, who knows? But I'm, once again, I, they don't I'm have... going, since I'm the last one here, I'm going Montreal, Hamilton, Toronto, Ottawa. Ooh, Montreal. Yeah. I think Montreal is going to be top of the East this year. Hamilton is going to take a little bit of a step back, and Toronto just is Toronto. I'm not really disagreeing with Will. I just don't think Ottawa is going to improve that much. Well, so I basically, I really because I don't think the Schooners are going to do shit this year. Don't forget, I, I really think Toronto, okay, so Toronto did nothing last year. Um, Brian Dinwiddie showed that he can't be a fucking head coach, okay? So now you got, now they've added some old guys on the team like Brandon Banks. And who else did they add? Oh, Trevor, or not Trevor Harris, the Jared other Harris. Davis. No, the other Harris. Andrew Harris. Name. And but then on the other hand, they've got Garrett Davis. They've got Garrett Davis, who's been in the CFL for five years, and he's gone to five straight Grey Cups. So that's why I think they're going to finish first, and I like their D line. But I don't know anything could happen. I mean, let's face it: any one of those teams. If their starting quarterback gets hurt, they're down at the bottom of the league again. 
Oh, and I will well, say, you I said say that about Montreal. all nine teams. I don't like yeah, being waiting one bit. Well, no. There's a couple that are not bad. I, they don't I, have bad I, backups. I, I like the bon- quarterback situation in Montreal, the best in this league right now. That's one thing. Like, yeah, if one of their guys goes true. down early, they have another starter. Coming off the bench, is there anybody anybody better in the league than Trevor Harris? Depends on what night it is. Yep. No, coming off the bench, he's always been Doesn't really matter. good coming off Doesn't the bench matter. when he's been a starter for a while. Yeah, but he's been a starter for a long time, so who knows? Yeah. Uh, William, is the East yes. going to win more games than the West? Fuck off. Yes. Really? Really? You actually ask that question. Come on. Well, it is a question I have to ask you. No. 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 Not unless, not, unless, no. not unless all four starting quarterbacks, and five starting quarterbacks in the West get knocked out in the first game of the year for the rest of the season. It's the only way that's going to happen. Well, I mean, in 2019, I mean, BC and Edmonton sucked really bad. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. So my question here, I have a question here that's more important. Um could the East win more than the West in 2022? What do you mean by can the East win more? What does that mean? Can they win more mean? games? Can, can they, they win, win more, more games? games? Can they, yeah. So what you're saying is that if, if we did what Rudy said and put all teams in a nine, nine list up and down, right, Number one team, most wins. Number two is the second most wins down there. Can the East be one, two, three, four? Or can Never. the East have two in the top Never. two? Right. What, whatever? Absolutely Never. not. Not going to fucking happen. Not in my lifetime. Not in this, lifetime. Not in this quarter century. Not going to happen. It's just simply not going to happen. Charles. Prove me wrong. No, I, I, I don't think it's going to happen either. <laughs> not it's not going to fucking happen. Okay, okay, it says, the last time the CFL Eastern Division had more wins than the West came all the way back to 2001, where the East had a combined 41 wins and the West had 31 wins. Now, if I remember correctly, if we're going back to 2001, and I, can I go back? Oh, I can go back that far. Okay. 2001. Winnipeg was number one in the Eastern Division with 14 wins. Hamilton, Montreal, and Toronto. Mont- Hamilton was barely a, uh, over 500. Montreal was at 500. Toronto was below 500. And number one team in the Western Division was the Edmonton Eskimos, and they were they were 500 at nine and nine. Calgary and BC were both eight and ten, and Saskatchewan was six and twelve. 
That's never going to happen again. Let's hope not. And I, I, I can't believe it happened that year, but that's, that's not the point. Looking at this back in 2001, uh, I have an issue. And the issue is they've got the Edmonton football team as the number one team in the Western Division, and they have the Edmonton Elks logo there. This wasn't the Edmonton Elks in 2001. It was the Edmonton Eskimos. And you cannot erase our history. You can change it going forward, but you cannot erase and change the past. I have a problem with that. They changed their name, and I'm okay with that. Do I like the name? It's none of my concern. It's none of my business. I'm not going to state an opinion on it. We're moving forward. It is now the Edmonton Elks moving forward. But Gizmo Williams did not play for the Edmonton Elks. Warren Moon did not play for the Edmonton Elks. Please don't tell me he, they did. I have, a pro, I have a serious issue with that. Okay. So we're going to scrap this East winning more teams, be, more, winning more games. You don't agree with that either, do you, Rudy? You started this off. I no. I what you said. <laughs> 100% no. Okay, yeah. Okay, segment six. Edmonton Elks records the highest single-day season ticket sales in franchise history. Now, this was kind of interesting. They did this in a flash mode. Uh, I don't know what caused this this single thing, but it was it, it's kind of unique. I like it. It worked. Yeah, it's just getting a new they, president. They just actually. ramped it up on social media. Go ahead. Sorry, Rudy. No, I was just saying that's just like they seem like they got a new president that actually knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If I lived in Edmonton, I'd buy season tickets for a hundred bucks <laughs> any day of the yeah. week. Like, they put it on sale, but they only put it on sale for one day. So if you want it, if you want tickets, you, they don't get you around saying mulling it back and forth. You want them, you buy them now. That's like it was that's actually like, three. It was three. That's like two bomber games. It was a seventy-two hour window. Okay. So oh, it was seventy. I twenty-four. It was on sale. Okay. No, it was on, on sale for 72 hours, but the first day, just everybody went nuts on it, okay? Mm-hmm. Because you, 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 if you didn't go, if you didn't do it the first day, the second day, that many less seats were available. So it, it was a hell of a buy. Does it say how I many? I don't know if, what restrictions were on this. What's that? Does it say how no, many? it does not say how many. No, it says the club is not releasing the numbers, but says it was very successful. Monday saw them sell more season tickets than any day in franchise history. What it says. If the team's reported numbers are correct, that would mean the Elks sold more seats on February 21st than any day since their founding in 1949.
so be it. I like it. I like it. I think it's smart. In, in fact, in, they needed to do something in Edmonton. Edmonton was a, 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 a for lack of a better thing, a fucked up franchise. And I mean, they went through the name change. They changed the president. They 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 shit on this little Joey guy, and they shit on that that Manzuko or and whatever his name was, the trainer. I mean, they they had so much bad press in the last two years, and only played football one year. They, it, it was just a bad thing for this team, and I love this. I think this is great. I'm 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 happy that the, the city of is supporting their team again. Whether they're a good team or not, we'll see. I mean, they got Chris Jones. They got a new president. They got a plethora of new players. Uh, they've got some hope. They definitely have some hope in Edmonton because they certainly didn't last year. Yeah, their their um, their attendance last year was actually down quite a bit. So it's good to see that they're getting, yeah. it looks like they're getting some yeah, fans but back. That, that, could have, that could have reams and reams of things to do with COVID as well, you know what I mean? That's fair, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, they also, personally, uh, I think uh, every team part of the year, was down. Probably, yeah. Well, it was here in BC because we could only have 50% of the in the um, Allowed in the stadium, so. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it, I I just think this is a good thing for Edmonton. Could they have done anything else? Of course they could have. They could still do a lot of things. I I think right now with new blood that's coming into the league and being aggressive and. Uh, uh, Proactive instead of reactive. I, I I see promise for the league, especially with the teams that were not doing as well in the last few years. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think what Ottawa is doing in Ottawa is is great. I don't, just don't I just don't think it's enough. It's going to take time before it actually pays off. Right. And I mean. You, I mean, they signed this plethora, massive amount of, of players in Ottawa on one-year contracts. You know, do you remember Kent Austin building uh, winning football teams through free agency? Yeah, neither do I. But he tried. Doesn't work. Okay, what are we doing here? Anybody want to talk about this? Is there anything to talk about? William, you you, you hate Edmonton. I'm not even gonna yeah. ask you. Sorry. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, I mean, they they made changes, which they needed to change that whole team, just like just like Ottawa, and they've made it. And I, I guess some people are jumping on the Chris Jones bandwagon. I don't know why, but they are. And, uh, yeah, and I mean, you know what, a strong Edmonton, a strong Edmonton, uh, 
franchise helps the CFL. So, yeah, I don't like Edmonton, but it still helps the CFL. So, correct. I don't. I don't like Chris Jones, and I think he's still going to make a mockery of the CFL because he's probably going to run away uh, end of next year or the year after that when somebody in the NFL offers him a job and he'll be gone again. So, well, he, he has to take this. He has to turn this football team around, and he has to win a Grey Cup with them before anybody in the NFL is going to look at him again. Yeah, I would say you're probably he's right got to prove. Yeah, he's I got think to, it's probably true. He's got to prove that he could do. You know, he's got that miracle in a bottle, and he's got to do it again. And, he's, you know, he, he did it in, in Edmonton. He did it in, in Saskatchewan. Didn't win a great cup, but he did turn that franchise around. Okay? So he's got to be able to show that he can do this again. Yeah, but, you know, it's funny because, and I think they always talk about big political stuff in the NFL. And if you go – by Chris Jones' record by itself as a defensive coordinator, he should have been able to go to the NFL as a defensive coordinator or at least a defensive coach. He wasn't even a coach in Cleveland. He was a consultant. So I I don't know if he'll ever make it to the NFL. Maybe he's thinking the same way now. So who knows? Hello? Yep. Yeah. I think okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not arguing with you. I think yeah. yeah, I think the whole I think it's kind of hey sorry for the disarray we've had with the franchise for the past few seasons. Here's a great deal on season tickets. Um I mean it's better to sell them rather than to get nothing for it. The only thing that worries me is like we don't know who's like buying all these tickets, like what if corporations and whatnot are buying them, they're cheap, and then they're going to give them away and people won't go? I mean, it's better to get the well, money than not having them that, go. But... I, just, I hope people will actually show up again. And uh, Edmonton's apparently going back to their old double E helmets, too. Yeah, they're going to be re- uh, revealing their new look uniforms, I believe, tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I, I, I actually I saw them four or five days ago. Not the jersey but the helmet it was some they had like some of their former legend players there and i guess i don't know someone took a picture and it leaked out and it was on reddit but it it looks pretty sharp i'm fine with them doing that too go back to their kind of back to their roots or whatever yeah yeah you can't take everything away at once like how they did mm-hmm I honestly believe that the teams changing their uniforms as as often as some people change their underwear is is more of a detriment to the CFL. Agree. And I hate contracts. Get a good jersey and keep it. Yeah. Create your brand. You know, I mean, That's how many like jerseys has BC Lions gone through in the last? Way too many. Ten years. Wait, and they might be changing again, which I don't like. <laughs> and it looks like we're changing again. And I'll tell you, their best uniform was the, the gunmetal. Gun and I, I will wager he's bringing that back. I would love it if he did. 
I like when you guys uh, are bringing that with, back or some form of it. I like when they do orange with uh, orange jerseys with white pants and white helmets. I thought that looked sharp. I think that was 2006 or something. I don't remember. Yeah. That was a very 80s type look, and I didn't mind it. I liked that. That's the, that's the type of jersey I grew Those are the, like the uniforms I grew up with, with the, the, orange, the orange jersey and the white pants and so on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why some a lot of people don't like their white pants. A lot of people don't like their jerseys right now. I think they're some of the nicest jerseys in the league, but I don't know. I'm an orange. Yeah, they, they've grown on me. Hey CJ, can we do that I, article I just, <laughs> that I yeah. post in the chat? <laughs> the witch. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to figure it out. You, you take the lead on this one. I'll let you do with it. Tell me, tell us what this is about. Okay, the, the, the headline is how the fuck is Edmonton giving him anything? Red Blacks question Elks salary cap management in behind the scenes footage of Jeremiah Mazzoli's bidding war. Now this is when Edmonton and Ottawa were bidding over Mazzoli, and Mazzoli ended up going to Ottawa. So they won the competition, but over the quarterback, and they still pissed on the Elks? Is, yeah, so basically, it was, it was on behind the R, like that new segment that the Red Blacks are doing last week, and uh, it was pretty cool. They showed, like, Sean Burke talking and whatnot, and uh, he basically called Mazzoli's agent, and he was kind of, he was, like, basically telling them that, like, Edmonton won't actually be able to pay you because they've already spent all their money kind of thing. And then they were talking in their situation room, and he was like, how the fuck is Edmonton giving anyone anything? Because uh, they were saying how Edmonton was in on Duke Williams. They were in on another big-name guy. And, uh, yeah, basically... Lawler? Yeah, 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 Lawler and Duke, and Duke Williams. And uh, basically, Sean Burke was pissed off because um, Chris Jones rang up Mazzoli's praise but it was never his intention to apparently sign him anyway. But anyway, I don't know. I just thought that was neat. Well. And they were apparently they were going after Forte. Yeah, Mark Forte. Yeah. Um, You know, you're, you're in an auction. Everybody has the right to bid. Whether they intend to buy or not is irrelevant. I, I I don't I think Burke is just being a dick, and I, I don't mind him. I don't I, I think he's good for Ottawa. I think he's going to be good for the CFL. But don't come don't. This is your first year as a rookie general manager. Be known as a whiner. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty pissed. Put on off. your big boy pants. Put on your big boy pants and and let's play some football. And you know what? You're you're in a bidding war with Chris Jones. The best thing that Sean Burke could have done was walk away. And he didn't. He went toe to toe with Chris Jones, and Chris Jones won. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Mazzoli's. What is Mazzoli getting? Like four hundred and fifty k. Yeah, something ridiculous. <laughs> Where are you coming from on this one? 
Did you see Burke in his little rant? I didn't see it. I heard about it. You're right. Keep your mouth shut. You're a rookie GM, and you're coming in, and you're making yourself look foolish, I think. Stop with the ranting and the yeah. raving. Just build your damn team. You took over a team that won two games last year. Concentrate on that and stop worrying about what Edmonton is doing. Just been yeah. Just foolish in my mind. Keep, keep, keep your nose in your own books. At that, the, uh, yeah. The answer is $432,000 plus incentives next year. Plus incentives. That's what Mazzoli got from Ottawa. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Hope the incentive is like a Grey Cup or something because then they, he can't achieve it. But, or should I say, won't achieve it. Well, is, is Mazzoli making more money than Bo? No, I don't think so. I was going to say, I hope not. No, I don't think so. No, I I think Bo's in the 475, 485 range, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I believe that's right. Yeah. So, 432, depending on what his incentives are and whether or not they're attainable. Well, you know what? The other thing is about Bo and... Somebody turn off your TV. I heard something through the grapevine the other day. You know, when players go on the road, they get per diems, okay? Yeah. Uh, apparently, apparently, Bo's per diem is $3,000 a day. Okay. Why? So you oh, yeah, I question that. So you think about that, and, you know, that's nine games. That's 27 grand, right? So they make up for things in certain ways. And that's yeah. apparently all cash. So. Well, I, I, I don't know if it was ever true or not, but I always heard things of, uh, not like not last year, but in 2018, 2019, or whenever Mike Riley got to BC, I, I've, I've heard lots of reports about them throwing him a lot of stuff kind of under the table. Well, that's kind of funny because I haven't heard anything about that. Neither have I. And 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 usually I get get that news real quick. I deny it. Who's watching TV? Your TV's not me. I'm not. I don't yeah, even have a TV in this room. Sorry. I don't have sorry. a TV on. I I am. Um, I had you on mute and I was watching TV. Hey. Sorry. We only have 20 minutes left. Try to try to yes. focus a little yes, bit. Yes, sir. Just, just for 20 minutes. Yeah, please. Okay. Um, are you okay with that, Rudy? Yeah, oh, yeah. Other answers or anything else you want on that? No. William, did you go on this? You're yeah, sort of. Not really. It doesn't really me. interest you. Doesn't interest you? It's no. Chris Jones being Chris Jones. Okay. Yes. It, to expect something different from him is ludicrous. Of course. Okay. Absolutely ludicrous. We know who he is. Just accept the fact that he is going to push the edge of the envelope at every opportunity, and he's going to piss everybody off. The 
best right. way that you can deal with that is to shut the fuck up. Absolutely. And Sean Burke hasn't done that. Okay. Moving on. CFL fans accused Regina Hotel of canceling Grey Cup reservations without notification. Well, from what I believe and understand, Regina Hotels are notorious for doing this for concerts, football, for different curling events. It, it, it's a common practice in Regina. Is it because you didn't know that they do this? Because we know it's totally unethical, but why are we expecting anything different? You you know, I, I don't get it. Rudy, talk to me on this one. This one you understand this one a little bit. I, you had a couple of comments online about this. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I've been to Regina before multiple times. Not a huge fan of the city, but um, I mean, I don't find they don't have a lot of hotels. But I don't like. I just I don't get how there's not enough hotels to hold everyone. Like some people complain about, like maybe it's tough to get in one, but I don't know. From what I've know, like I, I stay at my aunt and uncle's or my cousins. I, I have like four different houses I can stay in that aren't in Regina, but they're within like 45 minutes away. So, um, the, to me, there's lots of hotels around there. Like maybe not right in Regina, but Moose Jaw's 45 minutes away. White City's 20, 25 minutes away. And it's not like you're in Vancouver or Toronto. It's super quick to get to Mosaic. Um, I mean, if they're actually doing that, that's pretty shitty. But, um, yeah. So, like, what are they They're saying that they're, they're canceling people who have already booked to go to the Grey Cup? Yes. That's correct. Well, I, I just I don't get that. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't know if that's legal. Yeah, but, like, what are you well, going to do then? The you... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hotels have a, a real problem. You can phone a hotel and book a room, okay? And that room should be there when you show up. If you want that room to be there when you show up, pay for it. Yeah, true, yeah. Okay? Okay, if if you if this hotel ha, now has ninety, per, let's just say they're a hundred percent booked, ninety percent of them haven't given them a deposit or paid for their room. Now a group, a, uh, a, a, a tour package group comes in and says, we want X amount of hotel space. We're going to pay this amount of money, and here's the check. As a business owner you don't know whether or not those other people are actually going to show up. Now, granted, it's the Grey Cup, and everybody wants to go to the Grey Cup, so odds are they are going to show up. But if it was any other day for any other reason, you don't know whether they're going to come here or get stopped halfway over there and stop stay at another hotel that looks like it's got a better water slide. So, you know, the hotel's doing bird in the hand is better than two in the bush sort of thing, right? Somebody mm-hmm. right now wants to give them money. They're, they're taking the money. 
It's a business decision. And now the people who are whining didn't – what are the three things that are mandatory for a contract in Canada? A bid? Anybody? No. Offer acceptance. It has, it has to be equitable. Okay? Right. It cannot be under duress. Okay? And what is the other thing? I don't remember right now. Anyhow, what I'm trying to say is there has to be remuneration. There has to be a trade of product. It has to be an equitable trade of product for a contract to be valid. So if you made a reservation and they are holding you a hotel room, there is no trade there. There is no compensation. There is no remuneration yet. That contract is not valid. It's so not until you until actually you... give them a deposit. Until mm. you give a deposit, you do not have a contract for a room. You've got the hotel giving you a courtesy of holding you a room, but that's all it is. It's not a contract. It's not a contract until you actually compensate them for something. Now, it only has to be a deposit because all they're doing is holding you a room, and then when you get the room, then you pay for the room. That's how a contract would work. So a deposit means that they're holding it for you. If you have not given them a deposit or you have not paid for the room, you do not have a contract. And if you, if you lose your reservation because somebody else gave the money, then you're the fool. That's my opinion on this. You're a businessman. Tell me. What's your position? What are your thoughts? You just wouldn't go to Regina, would you? I'm never, I'm never going to Regina. He's got his thing on mute because I'm never, I'm going, never to going to Regina. I'm never going to Regina again. I've only ever been to Regina once. And that was when I was moving to Calgary. Okay? I, uh, I stopped there on my way to Calgary. And I've stopped there when I used to drive back to Winnipeg for gas. That's the only time I've ever been to Regina. It's a shithole. Um, I, I, you know what? And and once again, we don't have all the information. Would I put it past some hotels to do that because somebody's offered them more money? No, I wouldn't put it past them. Okay? What, what do you want to say? And, I mean, the people who are whining about it, oh, well, too bad. You want to go to fucking Regina to the Grey Cup? Get a life, okay? Well, I, I honestly think that it's going to be a pretty good party. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But there's only one problem with the parties in Regina. It's in Regina. I know that. They're, they're Saskatchewan fans, okay? That's a problem for me. The majority not of, them all of them, not all of them are bad. Not all of them are bad. I'm sure Tony Dangenese will be there, and Tony's a good guy. But you know what? Yes, he is. Um, I, I just, yeah. You know what? As I get older, I, I put up with less and less bullshit all the time, and it would be bullshit. I'm, I'm telling you. So. There's, there's only one thing worse than going to Saskatchewan for a Grey Cup, and that's having your your team hosting the Grey Cup and Saskatchewan being in it. Yeah, probably. 
Okay? That's the only thing that I can think of worse than that. So, Charles, what's your thoughts on this Regina Hotel cancellation thing? I know what you're saying um, about the contract and stuff like that. I still think it's a fairly – if people have a hotel room reserved and so on and they're booking travel plans based around that, I still think it's kind of a shady way to do business. It's not illegal, but it, it's kind of scummy, basically. They basically canceled these people's reservations because they didn't think they were charging them enough. So they're like, no, we're going to charge more for it. And, I mean, it's their right. I just don't think, I just think it's kind of a crappy way to uh, do that. And just going back to what, uh, to what Rudy was saying about the uh, hotel rooms in Regina and so on, I checked in, back in December after I got back from the Grey Cup in uh, Hamilton, just looking just out of curiosity, you cannot get a hotel room within two hours of Regina. Everyone is booked, and I've checked on multiple occasions, and there isn't one within two hours. Moose Jaw, full. Regina, full. And you can't get them. And I know that because I've looked multiple times, and I know other people that have looked multiple times, and they can't find them either. But you that checked. being said, what? Did you try Swift Current? Yep. Wow, yeah, that's crazy. I know there's nothing within two hours. That's wild. And okay. I even have my wife who works for a hotel company, that, and they can't find it. On top of that, there's been nothing for two years because people, they announced when the Grey Cup was going to be there last year, okay, when they announced that, that's when the hotel rooms got booked, and they've been booked ever since because mm-hmm. then they re-announced it was going to be 2022. So, yeah. Okay. So, Charles... Yes. Going back to what you, you're saying, the honorable thing to do would be for the hotel to phone the person with the reservation and say that we've got somebody else that wants to pay more money. Uh, do you still want your reservation? The uh, price is this. Yeah. And you know what? If they do that, I've got no problem with that because then – at least the person that had the reservation has a mechanism and a way of keeping that reservation rather than they just having to... it pulled the rug, rather than having the rug pulled out from underneath them. Now they're Agreed. not going to be happy about it if the price is going up, but hey, supply and demand. It's uh we talked about sales, that's kind of one of the rule one in sales, supply and demand. So yeah, 100%. I mean they're not gonna be happy about it, but hey, at least they're at least given the option of keeping that reservation rather than just losing it without even knowing about it. I, I believe it's the first right of refusal. I think that terminology that we're using here. Right. Exactly. Right. I have the, the right to refuse your, your offer. And right. they, and they should have done that. They should. Now, whether it happened and these people said no, and then they start whining to the media, we don't know really don't know what happens. But uh, my answer to this is that if you booked this hotel room a year and a half ago, you should have fucking paid for it. Put that in the pocket. If you paid for it, you would have it. Because the hotel can't back out of it then. 
not legally. There would be shit that hits the fan then. Anyhow. Hey, seven minutes left in the show. Let's carry on. I'm done with Regina. I can't talk about them anymore. I'm going to go to another stupid subject. G. Roy Simon believes Alliance organization never considered him a GM candidate. Well, I have respect for the BC Lions organization. I always have. I don't consider him a management candidate. I I don't, and I don't, I'm not inside of the BC Lions organization. I cannot speak on their behalf. And, uh, I, I don't think he, he – they felt he was. Otherwise, they would have moved him into a better position than scout. Charles? Hmm? Lions fan? Yeah. Do you disagree with G. Roy Simon? I mean, the organization has the opportunity uh, – to hire who they wanted GM. They had a chance after they got rid of Ed Hervey. Uh, G. Roy Simon had been working in the organization for several years now. Obviously, they, from what they saw, they didn't feel he was the right guy, and that's the, the right of the, of the organization. I mean, just because, I mean, no one's saying they had to hire him, and maybe they just didn't feel he was the right fit. That's the organizational right, organization's right. So yeah, you can go crying about it, but this is that's what happens. Sorry. He, he, he wasn't even a junior general manager sort of thing, not even an assistant. He was nothing in there no. but a scout. How do you expect to go from nothing to the big boss? Mm-hmm. Of course he wasn't considered a candidate. Do you honestly believe that G. Roy Simon should have been looked at over Neil McAvoy? <clears throat> Neil McAvoy has far more experience uh, in player personnel and GM type roles than uh, G. Roy Simon. So, under one of the best GMs in CFL history, under Wally Buono, right? And he worked alongside Wally Buono for many years. So he's kind of an obvious choice. So I, I, I don't certainly if you put his resume up against G. Roy Simon. And, and obviously, that's what happened. And, yeah, G-Roy was not considered there. I'm sorry, G-Roy. You don't like it. Go somewhere else. Oh, you did. Good. Thank you. Edmonton, this is and, – and you know what? It might turn out G-Roy might be a wonderful GM. He might just write, work just wonderfully with Chris Jones. He can learn all sorts of bad habits, and, and, and everything will be fine for him in the, the rest of his career in the CFL. Uh, I wish him nothing but success. So a minor point. Um, yeah, I just, how could you consider him a GM? I don't know. I don't like the guy. And I've never, never pulled that punch before. Rudy. Yeah, simply, I, I agree with you guys. Like, I, I just, I don't think he was ready. Um I've never personally saw him as a GM. Um, I don't know. I don't got much more to say on it. I just think it's a guy. I don't know why he'd care now. Like, he's in Edmonton. He's an assistant GM. Um, Quite frankly, I think Lucky even has that role. Yeah. Okay, moving on real quick. We're running another show. William. 
you have anything to say on this, or do we jump to the next one? You know what? Real quick, I I I ask myself every day what qualified uh, Pierre Jr. to be the Prime Minister of Canada, and I still can't come up with an answer. And I do the same thing with uh, G. Roy Simon. I really do. Hey. So what if he's I, a football I, I, player? Okay. Exactly. So what? You Three minutes experience. left to go. Let's keep going. Okay. BC Lions go owner Omar Doman teases New Jersey season opener special guest appearances. He seems to know how to hype the team. So far, so good. I'm excited about this guy being in charge of the BC Lions. This is the first time that people on the streets of Vancouver have been talking about the Lions in Decades. Especially in March. In decades. I'm excited. I, 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 this is kid good for this, this league. I'm happy about it, and uh, I'm glad it's my team. And, uh, yeah, especially in March. We're talking about the BZ Lions on the street. Radio shows are having shows about the CFL right now in Vancouver. Oh, my God, when does that ever happen? doesn't happen mm-hmm. during the season. Never mind in March or February even, because it was we just in March now. Um, I think this is a great thing. Um, William, have you been following this story? Yes, I have. Every everybody needs a ringmaster. He owns the team, so he should be the main hype guy. And there's nothing wrong with hyping. There's nothing wrong with hype, especially no, in BC. A- you need to get people interested. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, and and obviously he's the owner of the team. He spent money to buy this team. Now he's trying to make it work. Good on him. Good, good for him. Hundred percent agree with you, man. Uh, yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm going to do this to you. This has been Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 476. It's in the books. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. We're going to come at you next Wednesday night to talk some more football. There's a minute left in the show. Charles, say good night, my friend. Good night, folks. Uh, We will talk to you next week. Awesome. Rudy? Good night. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Okay. And, William, you're you're it, guy. Come on. Sign off. Be good. Good night, night, everybody. Thanks for listening. And go Schooners, go. You got Schooners. You got Marcus Crandall in the show. Everything else. Is there anybody else that you want to bring onto the show that you you, – is kind of rare and not there? No? No, not really. No, Marcus Crandall. I got it covered. You You got it covered. Okay. Show is over. Good night, guys. Take care. Thank you.